0: Let's get into the Word today, shall we? Enough of that. Uh, But it is very connected to what we're doing this morning. Turn to Acts 11. Did you ever think we'd get there? Acts 11. Boy, we're moving on like the speed of light. We're going to be in Acts 12 next week. Imagine that. So this morning, the title of the message is, Go Team! Yes! Yes! There's so much going on right now, and, and I'm so excited about it that, that uh, I, you know, if you've been around here for a while, you know I'm, I'm kind of a sports fan, and uh, as uh, we're tailing off and we're getting into the playoffs of, of baseball, uh, right, so how many of you um, might be baseball fans, right, giant fans? We're praying for you, okay. Okay. <laughs> A's fans? Any A's fans here? We're praying for a new stadium. Okay. Um, Any Angel fans? Okay, so I have failed as a teacher. Apparently, this is the only MLB team with a godly name and you choose not to follow it. I don't understand what the problem is here. So if we can't all agree on those teams, there is one we can all agree on. Yes. Yes. Well, except for Damien. Damien doesn't agree with this team. He's a Laker fan. We'll give you that, brother. But, you know, through much equipping and spiritual prayer, we will see if we can change your mind. How many of you... I have a great video of my wife during the playoffs a year ago. Yeah, some of you saw it. She couldn't sit down. She's standing and she's, it was like a workout. It was like, I didn't need to pay for Tai Bo. She's like this because it's so close. It was game five, we lost. She's like, like, yeah, yeah, And then, like, they shouldn't, whoa, yeah, yeah. It was just great. And she was so into it. I loved it. I loved watching that as I was sitting, stuffing my face with stuff and not active whatsoever. That's why I like watching sports on TV, it's not so exhausting. This is my favorite team. This is the team we're talking about today. This is God's team. And so while we say go team, I want you to every once in a while put a D right there at the end of God. Would you? Because that's what we're talking about today out of Scripture. God's team. And this picture we took at the dedication of the sport court area. And that... Picture will never look like that again, because my son is dabbing in the back, and I'm holding this as leverage over him. When he will be so embarrassed that there's there's digital proof that he used to dab publicly. So um, yes, go cook team. There's another part of our team. Men's retreat two years ago. Here's another part of our team. Well, my son isn't changed much. <laughs> apparently he likes to pose for pictures. Right? And, and here's our youth group team. And here's a Mexico... There's a theme. <laughs> I took all these pictures out of a personal file, apparently. Um, there's the Mexico team down on the bottom left. And on the top right, that's the walk for life. And... You know, the Bedroses are holding C.J. there because they don't yet have Declan. What a beautiful picture, right? Go team. And here's lifetime from a year ago and all the teamwork it took in order to see God's work done through lifetime and the families that were changed. Three families, not just the children, three families now named Conquer Bible Church as their church. You know what's more important? Three families came to Christ. Last year, three of those lights, no, more than that, five of those lights were for those families because of our teamwork here at CBC. I wish I could say that was me, exhausted, with a bald head, bent over, but that's usually the position I have even in the middle of a basketball game. (laughs) This is Dave Bedros's basketball ministry on Wednesday afternoons and this is prayer that we have before we before we play Um, you know some great encouragement happens there so many things about God's team here at CBC so what we want to do today is we want to see how our team stacks up against God's team in Antioch not across the hill so you're like really really All right, we're going to go to battle. What is this like? Battle of the Network Stars from the 70's? Anybody remember that? Yeah, yeah. I see like everybody over 50 laughing. No, not wrong Antioch. Although the city of Antioch was named after this city we're looking at out of Scripture today. So this morning as we get into the Word and we're talking about team, let's look at the first few verses in chapter 11 starting verse 19. Before we do so, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning, as we dedicate this time of learning and instruction and inspiration, speak much more boldly, much more privately, much more intimately than I ever can. Speak to the heart through the power of Your Spirit, through the power of these words and the examination of Your will working itself out through Your church. Speak to each individual this morning as we are all in different paces and different places. Let your will be done. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So verse 19, and if you don't have a Bible this morning, uh, uh, you can always grab one in the credenza out in the lobby on your way in and just put it back. If you don't have a Bible at all, you can take one of those Bibles. If you take one on the right, you better know Arabic. um, or It ain't going to make a whole lot of sense. You take one on the left if you know English and there'll be more about that coming up. But let's look at these first verses 19 through 22. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and finish 22 here. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at a, a lot of different challenges here. And as we talk about Go team this morning, and I challenge you at the onset of our message, what's your favorite team? I certainly hope you've arrived where I've arrived, that God's team is my favorite team. Amen? That was, that was almost, that was like kind of Baptist, but not very Southern Baptist. That was, you're getting there. The beauty of what we're looking at this morning is we get a particular window into the early church. And one of the reasons we do this, one of the reasons that it's so informative, so helpful for us, is look around you, what we're we're striving to do. We want to be that church that the hand of God is evident. Amen? Amen? You're still like... And so what we're going to do is we're going to get a particular insight this morning into what a church looks like where the hand of God was present. Because that's what Scripture says. You heard it. The hand of God was on these believers. May that be the primary thing that is ever said about Conquer Bible Church. Amen? Amen. Now we're getting somewhere. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you from the conservative wing on my left. <laughs> Let's look at this. Antioch. It's, it's in modern day Turkey now. The southeast cordant. That's a a J-word. Cordant. Corridor, quadrant, mixed, mashed together. Cordant. Southeast cordant of Turkey. This would be just a little bit north of, uh, of Lebanon. Current day Lebanon. Antioch was the third-largest Roman city. Did you know that? How many knew that? Raise your hand. Then, I have succeeded as a teacher today. Fantastic. Big, huge metropolis. Roman city. Very cosmopolitan for their time. And this is where God decides to set up His church. And so what does it say? We look at now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over who? Stephen, character number one. No, that's character number two. Those, the individuals that were in Jerusalem, the church, the believers in Jesus Christ are the first group of the team that we look at today. Got it? Now, Stephen's persecution happens. He's stoned. And he does this, we, we looked at it in chapter 7. This great uh, uh, speech, inspiration, um, understanding of the history of God and man. And, and he matriculates through this whole speech and people couldn't handle it. And it says that his face was, was shining as he was being martyred, as he was being stoned to death. And because of that persecution, the church scattered. Now, the fact that the church scattered, listen to me carefully. It's one of the first nuggets I'm going to give you today. The fact that the church scattered isn't necessarily a negative. You'll never find it listed as a pejorative in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. What you're seeing right here is, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, uh, and Antioch, Speaking the word to no one except Jews, but they went out. One of our dearly beloveds from from our church, our team, uh, stood on this stage a few a few months ago and talked about it's because of persecution that the gospel goes forth. Where do we get that from? This this story right here. So we sometimes struggle in real life with the idea of those being persecuted. We hear about how they just stick it out and they're martyrs and, and you have that part. And so sometimes you wonder, well, should I just be that person? Is that what God's will is for me? Is it I would suffer even to the point of death? Folks, brothers and sisters, there's plenty of scriptural um, evidence that that's what God has for some of His people. But there are other portions like Paul appealing to Rome because of his, his Roman citizenship. He's saying to Felix, and you'll hear this later on in, in 2022 when we get towards the end of Acts, right, that, that he appeals to Felix in Caesarea and he says, you cannot, I, I claim Rome, so rather than put me to death here, I claim Rome, send me to Rome and I'll, I'll stand before a tribunal there Now, there were other times where Paul said, I'm not leaving town, right? We just heard about that out of Damascus. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. They said, No, you are leaving. God has other things for you. We're going to lower you out of town in a basket. All right? So there's this balance. Are you seeing this? There's this balance. And it all has to do with God's will for a particular group of people. The first group of the team we see are those that were scattered, the second one is Stephen. if you didn't have the persecution of Stephen, who didn't run, who did stay, who did proclaim Christ in the face of certain death, you wouldn't have had the scattering. Now because of the scattering, what does Luke tell us? He says that they traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Folks, this is the entire Mediterranean uh, seaboard. The Gospel goes out. Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses. Where's the first place? Jerusalem, you guys are doing great. What's the second place? Judea. Judea, that's awesome. And the third place? Yeah, don't go there. That's a really bad part of town. Okay, so Samaria, and then here we go. Here we go. What's the next place? Everywhere else. Everywhere else. If it had been left to the leadership of man, would that have happened? Wouldn't have happened. But because of this persecution, it's scattered men. In the midst of disaster, God has a plan, doesn't He? He has a plan for His team, and He's saying, hey guys, we've got to go recruit. We've got to go recruit. So Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. So a group goes up to Antioch, third largest city in all of Rome. And they establish a church there. And it's, it's this incredible church that um, they preached to the Greeks. They preach to the what's called the Hellenist. How many of you have that in your scripture? It says the Hellenist. That's just a word for non-Jew, okay? Someone who's not Jewish. Now we just heard over the previous two weeks, chapter ten and the early part of eleven, how the gospel is now going out to the Gentile world, right? We remember this with Cornelius and all that happened there. God has a different agenda and he's teaching the leadership something new. Now what he does is he says, you know, I'm not gonna stop at Caesarea. As a matter of fact, Some scholars would argue this is concurrent with what happened in Caesarea. It may have even happened just prior, but I would say it's probably concurrent. And so a group of believers go as far as Antioch. By the way, we also know that by the time Saul has his experience in the road to Damascus, there's a group of believers all the way in Syria, in Damascus at this point, too. Isn't it incredible? Team license wear is just coming off the shelf. People are buying up God team wear everywhere in the Mediterranean. Go team. It just keeps growing. Strength in numbers, strength in numbers. And so what happens with this group? Well, there's a challenge because many of the initial leaders are based in Jerusalem. They're still there. And so you want to say that that's kind of the capital of Christianity. But here's what's interesting. How many of you wear proudly that name of... Don't raise your hand, but just think through this rhetorical question. Wear proudly the name Christian. Right? This story, this church in Antioch, these verses, here's where you will find out this is the first um, written understanding documentation where God's people are called or notated as what? Christians. By the way, it was a derogatory term, and we have extra biblical evidence of this church in Antioch in, in uh, Pliny's history where he records where, where Caesar is talking back and forth about the problems. Sorry, not Caesar. What am I talking about? Nero. Nero's talking about the problems and the uprising. And Rome doesn't get concerned about fragment groups. You have to be a pretty established, organized group in order for the emperor to notice you. They are now on the emperor's list. Okay? They are now on the emperor's list and he doesn't know what to call them. So history says that the name Christian wasn't one that was given by themselves. We saw earlier where they called themselves the way, right? Christian was given by the world to this group of people that were Christ followers, and that's, it was almost a derogatory term in the general sense. Oh, those, those that organization, that group, that team, oh yeah, they're little Christ's. Man, that's the best thing you could have said about me. Isn't it interesting where we get our names from every once in a while? And that one stuck. That one stuck. But here's some things to notice, right? So you've got this very, very uh, metropolitan city and God says the Gospel's going there. And it's going to go to the people that are not my called people. And I'm going to put my hand upon that. And it's going to come through uh peter right peter was in antioch that's what we see right Nope. oh it's it's going to come through uh paul paul's going to be the one that i'm going to send because he's a great evangelist we talked about that in our adult bible study which i really want to invite all of you who are adults nine o'clock next sunday be there come come hang out if you if you have kids you get to say i have kids and i can't be there okay but if you don't have kids or you just want to leave your kids in the car. No, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Don't Erase that off of the Internet. So you have this situation. It wasn't Paul. It wasn't Paul. What does it say? It says that those it doesn't define who those are, but it was those that were gathered as the church in Jerusalem, they moved and they started church planting, is what they did. right? And so it says, but there were some of them, men of Cyprus, of Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenist also, preaching the Lord Jesus. Now what's interesting is jealousy abounds within church people, doesn't it? Have you heard of that program that's going on over at such and such? Oh my goodness, they've got it going on. They've got, of course, all these things are said of Concord Bible Church. within uh, uh, the entire United States. Um, Actually global, why limit ourselves to the United States? We're so good at comparative analysis. And so leaders are so good at stressing and saying, well then we have to have that program. Because they're one-upping us. And and by the way, who do you think you are? We're the ones that are really running things here, right? We're talking a little bit about church governments and how all that works in, in our adult study. You know, uh, some, some churches, they can't make any decisions without the denomination telling them what they can and cannot do. I could just see this play out within the Jerusalem church. That's where the apostles were. And the apostles hear about something going on in this huge city, this huge Roman city of Antioch, and all of a sudden I have to think this is implied. They're saying, wait a minute. Did you send someone there? Wait a minute, did you, is that one of our guys that's up there? Where does it say these guys are from? Cyprus and Cyrene. So the gospel has already gone through that persecution. Those individuals spread out into other areas. Cyprus is a giant island. Cyrene is on the north coast of the continent of Africa. And God chooses to use those. That's like the long snapper and the safety. Okay? And He's saying, I'm using you guys to go to the biggest job ever in the proclamation of the gospel. And so leadership does what? Exactly what leadership would do. Uh, All right, who's busy next week? Barnabas, you're free. Okay, dude, pack your bags. We're going to give you like. 17 shekel per diem and uh, get the Uber donkey express on up to Antioch. All right. And uh, you're going to go check this out for us. We're hearing we're hearing rumblings and we don't know what's going on up there. And by the way, we're the authority. And so we, we need to know what's going on. Emphasis added. So you've got people from Cyprus and Cyrene that God's using now. They're on the team. The team's growing, isn't it? The team's not just growing, it's going. The team isn't just growing, it's going. And it says, and here's the most important thing verse 21 look at it. And the hand of the Lord was what? With them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Jesus himself was confronted by the disciples who said, Hey, there's these guys over here and they're preaching and they're not with us. And Jesus says to them, What? He says, Hey, that's fine. Either they're preaching what's false, and it'll it'll show for what it is, or they're preaching the truth. Let them preach. How do you know that's not coming from me? You see, when we think team, we should think bigger, shouldn't we? We should think bigger. The most important thing about our team is what was said of the church at Antioch and the leadership at Antioch. And it's in verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. I don't believe Luke wrote those things independently of each other. I think the second part of that sentence or phrase informs the first part. He makes this great claim that what? That the hand of the Lord was upon them. And so, individuals, you could go and share with all your friends, hey, you got to come to my team. you got to come over and check out my team. Because there's great things happening. God is here. God is evident. And then people show up and they're like, okay, how's God evident? Right? Wouldn't that be the natural question? I think Luke specifies one of the best ways to know that the hand of God is upon you is when you see the miraculous happen where those who at one point were the enemies of Christ turn and submit their life willfully to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. May this always be said of our team. This is one of the ways for us to know that God's hand is upon our team. Our team. And so the report came to the ears of the church. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. The board heard what's going on. So they're going to send Barnabas, right? And let's see what happens. So the report of this came to the ears of the church. It is a little redundant. That's why I got a little bit of a hiccup. Um, But let's go to verse 23. Okay? Look in your scriptures at verse 23. It says this, "When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose." Barnabas shows up. He sees how beautiful the people are. He sees their great programs. He hears their angelic voices and their musical abilities. He sees their dashing good looks and expanding waistlines. He he understands that they only use the ESV translation. And he says, God is with... No! What does the Scripture say? Let's look at the Word of God. It says, the grace of God was upon them. And what was his response? Come on, help me out. I was glad. You ever had your boss tell you, hey, you're doing a presentation next week. What? I don't have a month to prepare? No, I need you to do this next week. And by the way, um, you know, a management team from Rakuten is going to be sitting in on the meeting and it's going to be dependent on a $5.3 million contract. So, you know, this one's pretty important. You better hit a home run. Thanks. That was on my list. Like number three things to do next week. Put immense pressure on my life. And then you go and and you do it. And it goes beyond what you could do. And it's evident that God's hand is on... You see what I'm, I'm transitioning to, right? It's evident that God's hand is on you. But go back to the illustration. How many have you loved the fact that your boss was pleased? that your boss was pleased with what happened. What a blessing. I mean, think about it from the church in Antioch. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The apostles are sending one of their guys. And we're going to get evaluated. Okay. Everybody clean up their kids. Make sure your class is neat and organized. Make sure the music is just spot on this week. Make sure that uh, you know the house is clean. Make sure the seats are comfortable. Make sure the paint is good. Make sure the lights all work. Make sure the lawns are all green. Make sure we say amen enough times that it's really impressive. You're not gonna you're not gonna fool Barnabas. What's the highest compliment that church could have received? The hand of God is here the grace of god is here do you understand now the value of looking back at the first century church to help inform us how to evaluate ourselves as we go to encourage you to be tied into ministry folks it's not about us pushing to get programs done it's about us opening up invitations so you can use The giftedness that God has given you so that the grace of God might increase. That's why we're doing this. And we're taking the example from the first century church. By the way, it says some great things about Barnabas. And we don't have time to get into it, but you know, verse 24, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. The one thing I would say about this is if if certain people show up to evaluate our church, um, I, I got some great feedback last week. I wasn't going to say this, but it fits perfectly. I got some great feedback last week, right? And so I did my little rant, my little march around the room, right, talking about stop marching, right? Did you catch that? Did you catch the irony of that? And, uh, and, and so I did that. And then it was, it was a little crazy, but, you know, that definitely was something that the Holy Spirit prompted me to do. And one of the things that happened is, I've been here almost 11 years and I've never heard such a spontaneous rousing effort of applause ever. And I always pray that people would be inspired. But yet this week I received I received a card from someone who said that I need to be admonished and they need to put another pastor in the pulpit. And that I need to be disciplined and I need to preach the word of God and stop putting out my own agenda. You know obviously there's a disconnect and i just want to let you know i i try to connect with that person and that you know that's something i have to take into account with what i say up here anything can be misconstrued what do i want said of me what was said of barnabas for he was a good man full of the holy spirit and of faith why because when you receive a compliment from someone that's that's that person when i receive a compliment or encouragement from one of my mentors it goes deep so as this church body is seeing the hand of god and grace upon them what's happening when barnabas says he's glad it goes deep it goes deep for them so we have the stamp of approval from the jerusalem contingency so let's move through so barnabas is looking at what's going on and he's saying there's something much bigger than just me going on here so I'm going to go pick up Saul kind of crazy how many of you would have gone and picked up Saul to help you handle the biggest church proliferation in a Roman city the Jew of all Jews right but Barnabas goes and grabs Saul Paul right fascinating last week we voted in 50 to nothing sounds like a good football score we voted 50 to nothing to bring in a new children's director team of Laura Huffman and Megan Zamora. Yeah. And right now, your children are gaining in grace and knowledge and mercy uh, through the larger extension of that team. Amen. Right? I won't say it takes a village because that's going to make everybody kind of go, what? right? but it does take a team it takes a team and what you see here is this man who's spoken about in scripture what a compliment in scripture that you're you're categorized this way a man who is full of of the holy spirit and of faith right this man says i don't have what it takes for what's going on here i need a partner i need a partner Even in the early church, even within the leadership there, they said, I'm not doing it alone. I need someone to help. And so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And then it says this to to wrap up. This is kind of... um, Luke is very specific about this. He says this, starting in 27, Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Okay, now we've got a whole other part of the team. Now the prophets, special teams, right? Alright, three and out, guys. Uh, let's send in special teams. Let's go. Prophets, you're, you're going up to Antioch now. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus... By the way, if the, if the name Barnabas doesn't work for our new bus, we can always go with Agabus. <laughs> Just, I want you to remember the name. Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. If you do your history, you can see this actually happened. It's in Roman history. By the way, Claudius is the Roman emperor at that time. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Do you see how big the team is at this point? Now you've got prophets. Now you've got men from Cyrene and Cyrus and Phoenicia. Now you've got the whole uh, contingency of those coming to the Lord that are in Antioch. Now you've got these prophets, not just Agabus, but other prophets that have gone there. And God sends message to use this particular church in Antioch in a very unique way to show the love of Christ to a hurting world around them. How? He gives divine revelation, specific revelation to Agabus and says there's going to be a what? There's going to be a famine. And so what they do is they basically say, we're going to help those. And it's more specific that it's in Judea. We're going to help those in Judea. And so what do they do? It says, so the disciples, now you got another part of the team, right? The disciples determined everyone according to His ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. What a turnaround. By, By the way, Judea would be like, you know how we talk, about conc- uh, we talk about Concord, right, as a city? Um, what is that little city that's over where you used to work, Bob? I can never remember the name. Willits or something? Walden. How many of you know where Walden is? Okay, go Google it. Because it's where like eight gigantic buildings are, so it's probably some kind of a tax evasion thing. Right? They don't have to give money to Pleasant Hill. They don't have to give money to Walnut Creek. They don't have to give money to Concord. It's Walden. Bob didn't even know he was living in Walden for like eight years. <laughs> Drove to Walden every day. I didn't know it was Walden. They still don't. So Concord, you know, we kind of get that, but we're part of Contra Costa County, which is much larger. That's kind of getting this concept of Judea and Jerusalem, okay? So Jerusalem was included in what we're talking about. Isn't this interesting? Isn't it fascinating that Jerusalem felt like they had to go verify that this was a godly church in Antioch. And yet what happens through God's establishment of grace and His work and His pleasure and His hand upon this group of believers, they're now going to be the impetus to bless the very ones that were going to verify your faith? Isn't God incredible? You see, God doesn't... What did we learn from Peter? Peter himself says, with God there's no partiality. My church is my church. And as I see fit, I will have you bless one another. And so Agabus stands up and he prophesies. We'll get into what prophecy is and all the boundaries of that and all the the freedom of that um, later on. Uh, But for the sake of wrapping up this morning, I just have a couple questions for you. When you think about team, do you think about your church? You should. How do you know if you're a good team? How do you know if you turned on the ESPN of the uh, ecclesial world, right? Ecclesia, sports nation, no. How would you know if they would pick you in the top half? Would we be on anybody's fantasy team? Or will we be the ones that nobody really talks about? We're insignificant. There's nothing interesting here. Why? Because there's no mark of excellence. It's my pleasure to say, as we move through life together as a team, we are making a significant impact around the world. Help me help you in this moment, this illustration. What rings familiar? When it says, "So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea." Why does that? Hopefully, it sounds familiar. Why does that sound familiar? This is that part where you're like, "I'm not saying anything because if I get it wrong, I'm you know, I'm not part of the team anymore. I've been benched." No. If you go to our what what Hurricane Harvey three weeks ago two weeks ago somewhere in there two weeks ago this is our third week we started a relief fund through the free church our goal was three thousand dollars we're almost there we have this week and next week to finish out i'm very very excited but isn't that crazy without getting into this chapter yet here we're doing the very same things that the church in antioch was doing under god's guidance does that encourage you By the way, a report came out this week that 75% of all relief that's come out for Hurricane Harvey is from FEMA, right? No. It's from faith-based organizations. This is the way it always was. This is the way it should be. And when we abdicated that over to government, we lost a little bit of the presence of God in our world. So, praise God that now the world is noticing that the hand of God is upon His church. Is the hand of God upon our church? I hope so. I'm going to give you a couple of questions to help you answer that. Number one, are you on the team? Are you on the team? Let me explain this as simply as I can. God has said that either you are heading to eternal life because of faith in Jesus Christ and a surrendering of your life over to Him, or you are heading to eternal punishment. You're heading to hell. All right, That should be uncomfortable to hear. How many of you were uncomfortable when I said that? I was uncomfortable when I said it. It's not supposed to sound good. And when we sugarcoat something to make it sound, oh, we don't want it to sound so bad then we don't care anymore, really. you realize how dangerous that is? This is what Scripture says. This is why Jesus hung on the cross was to pay that that penalty that sin causes within our life that separates us from God, and God says that is not acceptable. So I am going to pay the penalty for you through My Son Jesus Christ, and He's going to show His power over sin and death by raising from the grave. And if you have faith in that, Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died and was raised on the third day, you will be what? You will be saved. That makes you on the what? You're on the team. Get a jersey. Get a jersey. It's going to have a big C on it. Okay? Get a jersey. Well, if you are on the team, get in the game. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, and it wouldn't be any of you because you'll see why, obviously here in just a second. How many of you have ever heard from someone say, I just really don't have a taste for organized religion. I just worship God on my own. I don't need the church. I'm tired of the church. So I'm not going to gather with the church. You know, that person should play tennis. They should go into pole vaulting. And some people really like that. They don't want to be part of a team. But here's the challenge. Is at the end of this story, the end of the tournament, so to speak, is that we stand before the final judge, God. And He's given us everything to run our race. And He's saying, I gave you all of this and I had marked out things for you to be involved with. And I was going to use my grace and I was going to have my hand upon you to see these things come about through you and your ministry. But you said you just wanted to stay home. You didn't want to be with the believers. Here's another thing. I, 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 I have really bad news for those individuals. You have to be with the church when you go to heaven. You're not going to be able to get away from them. Okay? Now they got a point, because in that point, we're in our glorified state. There will be no more sin. But hello, folks, we are asked to be like Nero classified us. We're supposed to be little Christs. Amen? Amen? Can you see Christ saying, yeah, these guys, I don't have any patience for this. I'm just going to do my own thing. That was not the example Christ set for us. Get in the game. Get in the game. Ephesians 2.10 speaks to this. So if you are getting in the game, the question is, are you in the game in the right role? I just heard about a a quarterback that went to a college college I think it was actually San Diego State, the Aztecs. And he came in as a quarterback, and he wasn't in the right position. He was never going to succeed as a quarterback. And so they converted him to, and this is really odd, a defensive end. And he's thriving as a defense. They, they made a big point that as a quarterback, he had really you know, nice, clean-cut hair, and dressed a certain way, and all this. And now that he's a defensive end, he looks like a slob. And, and he just fits the persona. And he just got this bulldog mean streak to him. They, they, they were kind of fascinated. that Not only did he change his position, but he changed his demeanor. Because the guy was in the wrong position according to where his, his, his giftedness was and his personality and his character and everything. So if you're in the game, are you where you are to be serving? Are you functioning the place that God has for you? Ephesians 2.10 says specifically, just prior to that is for by grace you have been saved through faith not by works and that's the part where people who like to be isolationists like to like to claim see god doesn't want me to do anything no that's not what it's saying it's saying you're not justified by your works but god in his infinite wisdom decides to work through us through his church through his team to bless others and to see others come to christ and to help and serve others amen And so part of the the challenge is knowing that you fit in a certain spot well, according to Ephesians 2.10, which then says, for we are His workmanship, creating Christ Jesus, and that we are to, and here's paraphrasing so that you just are really clear on it, He has created good works for you to do before the creation of the world of time. He's already pre-planned it. So what we want to do as a church today is help you find ways that fit with what God has for you. And that's the message I want to send to you is as you walk around today finding out how can I get plugged in? Maybe you're already plugged into something and you're saying, of course, this doesn't apply to Laura or Megan. They've signed a contract. You cannot back out. (laughs) But for many of us, there's a joy, no matter how challenging the problem is or, or the ministry is, There is a joy when you are right where you need to be. Amen? Amen. Let's learn from the church at Antioch. Let's learn that it takes a team. It takes God's team. And that a team that is noted and there's notoriety for God's hand being upon them, what you saw over and over through this little passage of say 9-10 to verses was that team was not static. It was always going. Always going. Let me pray over our message and then Carly's going to come and, and have a response of worship through music. And if, if you don't see the similarities with Carly coming, blessing us, right? Coming from Brentwood or Oakley or somewhere out there in God's territory, right? What'd you get up, 5 a.m. this morning? 6? Got up at six, spent two and a half hours in prayer, praying for all of you to sing. Um, Those are my words, not yours. Uh, And she came to bless so that you can engage in music. So what a beautiful opportunity in response to what we've heard out of the Word this morning. Let's pray. Father, this morning, you give us all good things. Speak to us this morning, Lord, through not just your Word, but let your Holy Spirit speak through us as we sing as we praise, as we respond to what we've heard. Let it be a joyful noise. Let us be inspired in in, uh, what we offer to you and that it would be a sweet aroma. Thank you, Father, for this team that you have called and that you have created. This team of Christians, little Christ's, To you be glory, Father. Amen.